And welcome everyone, you are listening to the Bleeding Big Blue Podcast, Alex Savage Approach, back again on Thursday, June 18th. So we've got a couple things to talk about today. First off, we're going to go with the current poll results in the semifinal matchup between Golden Tate and Daniel Jones. Right now there's 10 votes on the Twitter poll. I just pulled up the Instagram poll, so it's going to take a little bit for people to see it. But for the Twitter poll... Eight votes currently go to Daniel Jones, that's 80% of the vote, and 20% of the vote, which is two votes, go to Golden Tate. I did not put up the other semifinal matchup yet. That will be between Saquon Barkley and, I believe, Sterling Shepard. That will go up once this vote is done, probably about a day or two after that. But this current poll has about a day left on it, so you can still go vote on that right now. You can still vote on the Instagram one, which will be up for about another 24 hours. Also today... We're going to talk about possible free agent kicking options if Alger Grossos is released by the Giants and is guilty of what he did and the Giants think so. And then we're going to go over the top 50 NFL players by PFF and we're going to discuss why is Saquon Barkley not on there. So nothing new as far as the Alger Grossos thing. I presented all that stuff on Tuesday in my podcast. I just uploaded the YouTube version of it, so go check that out with the graphics and the pictures on it. I also uploaded the podcast Tuesday night, so you're able to see that and listen to it. So go check that one out if you have not heard all of it, meaning the Alter Grossa situation and what I said about John Halapio and if he should come back as a giant. But it seems like giant fans, or at least most of them, are trying to move on from Rosas and start looking at other kicking options. So I'm going to go into something before we get into who is actually a free agent at kicker. And I'm going to go into what I think are two different kickers that really people don't discuss, in my opinion. But there's two types of kickers, in my opinion, in my theory in the NFL. There's kickers who are accurate, and there's kickers who could go long distance. The kickers who go long distance, like let's just say Steven Goskowski, who's a free agent, they're not usually 100% accurate. They tend to make the longer field goal shots. But sometimes they'll mess up on an extra point or a really close field goal. That could also occur with Jake Elliott too because he did make a 61-yard game-winning field goal against the Giants. But also missed a kick in the Super Bowl and missed a couple of kicks the next two seasons. So that's something to present there. But when you're talking about somebody who is an accurate kicker, as I just said, you're talking more of somebody like a Kaimi Fairbairn or a Harrison Bucker. Yeah, they may have, like, the longest field goal in their career be, like, for Kami Fairburn, his longest field goal is 54 yards in his career. Harrison Butker's, his longest field goal in his career is 56 yards. Now, when I mean that, with the long distance and everything, it's not always, they're not always put in that position to go long distance. Like, let's just say, in most situations, the Chiefs, you know, possibly, maybe they have a good defense, maybe they don't, but maybe their offense is stopped on a fourth down or a third down and it turns into fourth down and you're at the 41-yard line or you're maybe at the 43-yard line. You're not going to really ask most of the time for Harrison Butker to make a 60-yard kick. You're just really not in that position to do that. You're not going to really make him do that because you feel that your offense can get better or your defense is relying upon it. But it's also where you feel that Harrison Butker's long field goal might screw up maybe like one extra point later in the game. It's just a theory that I have that I don't see 
it talked about when you're talking about special teams obviously you talk about maybe punts inside the 20 but I'm talking about specifically kickers because of the Giants situation right now if you know what I mean and another prime example of somebody who's not long distance kicker but who's an accurate kicker is Jason Sanders he kicked for the Miami Dolphins last year and when he played against the New York Jets at MetLife Stadium, he made 7 out of 8 field goals, which was a franchise record, and still is a franchise record, for the Miami Dolphins. And he's not a long-distance guy. His longest field goal is 54 yards. So I'm talking about more of those accurate kickers, short distance, who most of the time will miss either from long distance or short distance, depending on the amount of rest and how much their leg has been kicking the ball around, whether you have the punter on kickoffs or whether you have the kicker on kickoffs and him kicking field goals too. Now, look at Jason Sanders. As I said, he made 7 out of 8 field goals against the Jets when they played at MetLife Stadium. The next week, they also played at MetLife Stadium, something the Bills did in weeks 1 and 2. But I'm talking about specifically this situation. He made 7 out of 8 field goals against the New York Jets. And then the first kick after Ryan Fitzpatrick and the offense is stopped short of a first down... He misses the first field goal of the game. So I might not have that theory exactly correct when I'm talking about long distance and short distance kickers, but there's definitely a difference. You can definitely say that there's a difference between Steven Goskowski and Ryan Suckup. That's what I'm saying. But let's take a look at these free agent kickers that possibly the Giants could possibly explore in case Alger Rosas is released. Now, either way, the Giants will probably have to be forced if he gets disciplined or not. I mean, I don't think he will... In the case of like getting suspended, but he probably, at this point, getting released is the biggest punishment he'll probably receive from the Giants because they don't want the whole controversy. And then, oh, you build this culture now, but you're going to let this happen on the team. Like, that's what I'm talking about in this case. But the Giants would definitely have to bring in competition because of the horrible year that Alger Rosas had last year. And compare that to 2018 and 2017, two against one here, 2017 and 2019, he had bad years, 2018 was a good year. So again, they'll probably have to bring in some competition, probably like another free agent or maybe an undrafted kicker, probably like a Marshall Cone from the 2018 preseason. But we'll see what happens. Hopefully they bring in a kicker because the competition brings out the best in anybody. And specifically talking, it's very high in football especially in the preseason. So let's take a look at some free agent kickers. This is not all of them, but I'm also going to bring up another couple that are not on SpotTrack.com. First one is Steven Goskowski. He has some familiarity with Joe Judge and also was with Bill Belichick for a number of years. Goskowski is 36 years old. He was a fourth-round pick in the 2006 draft. He's a three-time Super Bowl champion, four-time Pro Bowler, two-time first-team All-Pro, second-team All-Pro in 2014, NFL 2010's All-Decade Team. Also has an NFL record of 479 consecutive extra points. I have to look up what year that is. But if you look at his career stats, here are most of them here. Field goals, 374 for 428. That's an 87.4 field goal percentage. He has 1,775 points scored. His longest field goal is 62 yards. And he has 523 touchbacks in his career. Now, when we talk about those career extra points made, we're talking about the span from 2007 to 2013. In 2007, he had 74 out of 74 extra points made, 40 out of 40 in 2008, 47 out of 47 in 2009, 2010, 26 out of 26, 2011, 59 for 59, 2012, 66 out of 66, and then 44 out of 44 in 2013. And actually count 2014 as well and 2015 too 
with 51 for 51 in 2014 and 2015, 52 for 52. You could also see these stats on Pro Football Reference. The least amount of field goals he's missed in a season, I believe, is three because you saw that in 2010, made 10 out of 13. 2007, made 21 out of 24. Made 37 out of 40 in 2017. So Rosas kind of has that 2018 advantage over him. He only missed one field goal in 2018. But you have to look at the career span of Steven Goskowski as well. So the accuracy is obviously better. But what Rex Ryan pointed out, and I was watching the Giants-Steelers game for 2017, the preseason. I was also watching the Browns-Giants game as well. And Beth Mullins and Rex Ryan were doing a practice broadcast while Sean McDonough and John Gruden were taking a break because they were doing the Monday Night Football game, the opener, in Denver. So ultimately, you need two Monday Night Football broadcast crews. And I guess the main one, Sean McDonough and John Gruden, were doing the other game. But one of the moments when they were broadcasting and they stumbled upon was Alger Grosso's making a field goal at First Energy Stadium in Cleveland. And obviously, Beth Mullins brought up, okay, he's competing with Mike Nugent, the former Bengal, for the starting job. And what Rex Ryan pointed out, because he was a former head coach of the Jets, he said, he was also a former head coach of the Bills, but what he said is, you ultimately want to go with the younger kicker, because you have that fresh leg, and the competition brings out the good in them. But unfortunately, Rosas' 2017 season did not do good. Obviously, 2018 was better. But if you're picking between Adam Vinatieri and a young kicker, maybe like Matt McCrane, I would probably go with McCrane. Like, I don't necessarily care about maybe the field goal percentage as much in that case because Vinny Thierry, he's like 47, 48 years old, and I think he's still hoping to play in the NFL, but he's got an old leg, I have to say it. He didn't really do the greatest last year. In fact, when you're looking at field goals made and the field goal percentage, it was the lowest of his career. And he's been playing 24 seasons since 1996 when he started out with New England. He made 17 of 25 field goals. That's probably more or less than Aljic Rosas did in his rookie year in 2017. So he had a 68% field goal percentage. That's not really something to look at if you want to bring him in for the Giants, maybe as a one-year option. But I would still go with the younger kicker. I'd still pick Matt McCrane. I mean, he's only been in the league maybe like a year because he wasn't with the team in 2019. 2018 was probably his only year. He was with the Raiders, he was with the Cardinals, he was with the Steelers, and then went to the XFL Guardians, the New York Guardians, who actually still played in MetLife Stadium at the time, and he was their kicker. He actually did pretty good. He was probably fifth in field goal percentage in the XFL, along with like four other kickers, and he made all their kicks. In his career, though, not counting XFL, He's 8 for 12, 66.7 field goal percentage. 47 is his longest field goal, and he's got five touchbacks when he's kicking off. But if you look, he's about maybe as old as Aljic Rosas because he's 25 years old, and he's still got a lot to improve. If you cut Rosas and maybe bring like two kickers in, you bring in one veteran, one younger kicker, maybe like McCrane, you could probably improve Matt McCrane. Uh, this would probably motivate him to be a better kicker because he'd be like, okay, I have the veteran who's probably more accomplished than me, so I'm going to try to beat him out here and do the best I can and train the best I can. So he was one of the more accurate kickers in the XFL, but in the NFL, he got limited chances, so you can't really say that he's a horrible kicker. I mean, for example, you take a look at Daniel Carlson, the joke of a fifth-round pick that the Vikings had in 2018, and he was missing field goals left and right against Green Bay. They finally cut him. 
brung in Dan Bailey, former Cowboys kicker. Then he went to the Raiders for the next two years. And last year, actually 2018 for the Raiders, 94% of his field goals were made. And that set a new team record, whether it was limited or whether it was... He got picked up on October 23rd, 2018. So he had probably most of the season to kick for the Raiders. And 94%, that's very good. It's very good for field goal percentage. And that's probably an improvement from what he did with the Vikings. And he got re-signed on April 16th. So he has a bright future with the Oakland slash Las Vegas Raiders. You call them Las Vegas now because they moved to Las Vegas this offseason officially but that's just showing that you can't really judge a kicker by his stats you have to judge it by his opportunities as well I always say it game sensitivity and you also have to look at what opportunities he got did he bounce around from a couple of teams just being a backup kicker when the kicker was on injured reserve or was out for that week or was he actually the kicker for most of the season did he just suck no Matt McCrane is probably a viable option for the Giants because he did well in the XFL and actually performed almost a full season. And you look, and he didn't get a full season with the Cardinals, the Raiders, or the Steelers. So he is a viable option out there. That's if the Giants want to go the younger route, in which I suggest they do. Now one of the next options is Ryan Suckup, former Chiefs and Titans kicker. Last year is probably a reason you shouldn't sign him. Obviously he's 33, so his leg is a little more worn out than McCrane's, but probably less than Steven Goskowski because Goskowski has more experience than him. But speaking, you look at his stats and you can't really sit there and say that he's a good kicker. This is probably the situation that you would have to look into also because you take a look here. He was replaced by Cairo Santos and that was after he got his knee surgery or whatever surgery. I think it was actually knee surgery that he got. Then he was designated to come back October. Then the field goal tries that he did get when he came back on the active roster, he was 1 for 6 when making field goals. That's 16.1%. Then he had another injury, landed back on injuries reserve for the rest of the year. So right there, and he was actually replaced by Cody Parkey, I believe. So right there is probably a reason you should not go after him. His injuries probably scare you and so do his stats. So really, I wouldn't recommend him. Competition, possibly. I would welcome that for maybe a young kicker but if the Giants cut Algic Rosas and replace him with him with no competition that's going to be a little scary for the Giants kicking game this season in my opinion but we'll see what the Giants do and if they even cut Rosas what are the next ones on the list I would say absolutely not in my opinion you take a look you look at all the memes you look at all the stats you look at all the background behind it Nick Folk 35 years old wasn't with New England last year I would totally be against him Competition, okay, but it's really a waste of money in my opinion because I think Nick Folk's career is pretty much done in the NFL. Unless a team really, really needs a kicker, then they could sign him. But again, Nick Folk is probably your last resort. He's 35. Again, competition, maybe. But if he was the primary kicker, absolutely not. Another free agent kicker, Cairo Santos, was with the Chiefs. Was with the Bears, was with the Rams, was with the Jets, was also with Tampa Bay. And I obviously mentioned that he was with Tennessee, replacing the injured Ryan Suckup. Last year, field goal attempts, 4 for 9, 44.4%. Was brought on the roster September the 4th, and then he was released after October 6th, which was a Week 5 loss to the Buffalo Bills, and he missed 4 field goal attempts. So... That's not necessarily convincing. He is 28 years old, so you could have some hope there. Again, competition, I would always welcome that. 
but it is limited action and the Titans offense wasn't really spruced at that point in the year they got better at the later point in the year and what I'm talking about offense relating to it is you get more field goal attempts if your offense is better if your offense isn't better then you get less field goal attempts and you tend to miss more kicks but Cairo Santos in limited opportunity even with the Bears in 2017 was one for two on field goals and I think then he was out the door but the most he's made when it came to field goals is three for three with the Chiefs before he went to the Bears in 2017. So this could be a viable option if the Giants are looking for competition. If they could really find a studding Cairo Santos, maybe his inner self, then you could say, okay, maybe bring him in as the primary kicker and see how this season goes. But again, this case, if you want my honest opinion, I'd probably pick Rosas over him. But see how the Giants do it. This is another option for them to pick up. The next one on this list you probably haven't heard of yet is Jonathan Brown. He was the place kicker from Louisville. He's 28 years old and was the place kicker in the 2018 preseason for the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't know much about him. He was also with the Jaguars for a little bit. But when he was in the preseason with the Bengals, he also made 3 out of 3 on his field goal attempts. And I think PATs was 2 out of 3. Or I'm flipping that, but he missed one of them. So I don't know much about Jonathan Brown personally speaking and statistically speaking I couldn't get his stats from Louisville so I'll probably have to do more research into him but haven't gotten him yet he's a younger kicker he's about Carol Santos's age but we'll see if the Giants even take an interest in him when it comes to competition in the preseason the next and final candidate on this list probably is Cody Parkey the most infamous Cody Parkey from the Bears 2018 game against the Eagles where he missed the kick and cost the Bears a win, and he was cut a little bit afterward, and everybody started kicking doors and raging over him, and he wasn't really the good in 2018 season, but let's go over his stats as a whole. He was actually a Pro Bowler in 2014. That was his rookie year with the Eagles, had an 88.9 field goal percentage, 32 for 36 on field goals. That was, of course, in his rookie year. His worst season would have to be his second year with the Eagles, was 3 for 4 on field goals and only made one field goal attempt and of course it was good but of course you have to look into it and that was in limited time before September 28th he was placed on injured reserve with a groin injury and I believe he was replaced by Caleb Sturgis but statistically and background speaking his worst season was 2018 with the Bears 76.7 field goal percentage 23 for 50 and made all of his extra points so, and also, I don't know that that includes the one in the postseason, but that was his worst season in his career, and he is 28 years old. So the Giants, I honestly think this wouldn't be that bad of an option. I mean, bring him in maybe competition too, but also, I think if you could do the right things with him, maybe put in competition for him or put in competition for a rookie kicker, both sides will benefit, whether it's the rookie or Cody Parkey. Now, I'm not saying that 2018 was a good season for him. That was just two years ago. But I don't think he's that bad as everybody thinks. Maybe it was just an off year. But would I keep Rosas? Probably because he's younger. And also, Parkey's Pro Bowl season was about almost seven years ago. So... In this case, I would prefer Rosas, but I really wouldn't mind signing Parkey as long as his production in the regular season is good or he's brought in for competition. And that is my list of candidates for possibly replacing Aldrich Rosas. So the last thing I want to discuss today was PFF's 
top 50 players in the NFL for possibly the 2020-21 season. Now, every Giants fan has said, why is Saquon Barkley not on this list? Now, without even looking at it, you know, you could say, okay, why is Saquon Barkley not on this list? But there's a really good reason that Giants fans are arguing. And this is not just blah, blah, blah. Oh, Saquon Barkley, oh, best running back, somewhat best running back in the league, top three running back. No, that is not the argument that the Giants fans are making. And everybody could clown them for it, but they're actually making a good argument because PFF blew them out of the water again. But let's take a look at the top 50 list. And I'm going to pull this up on the YouTube graphic. So if you're watching this on YouTube or if you're actually listening to this, you could probably pull it up on the PFF website or possibly Twitter. They'll have it there or the PFF Instagram account. But let's read the list very quickly so I could get to my point. Number 50, go fifth from 50 going down. 50, Daniil Hunter of the Vikings. 49, Brandon Graham of the Eagles. Ronnie Staley, 48, of the Baltimore Ravens. 47, Joey Bosa, Chargers. 46, Zach Martin, Cowboys. 45, Mike Evans, Buccaneers. 44, Kenny Clark, Packers. 43, Deshaun Watson, Texans. 42, David Bakhtiari, Packers. 41, Nick Bosa, 49ers. 40, Cam Hayward, Steelers. 39, Chargers, that is Casey Hayward. 38, Devontae Adams, Packers. 37, Levante David, Buccaneers. 36, Calais Campbell, Ravens. 35, Harrison Smith, Vikings. 34, Brandon Brooks, Eagles. 33, Chris Godwin, Buccaneers. 32, Grady Jarrett, Falcons. 31, Derwin James, Chargers. 30, Anthony Harris, Vikings. 29, Miles Garrett, Browns. 28, TJ Watt, Steelers. 27, Nick Chubb, Browns. 26, Ryan Ramchek, Saints. 25, Von Miller, Broncos. 24, Tom Brady, Buccaneers. 23, Mitchell Schwartz, Kansas City Chiefs. 22, Tyreek Hill, Chiefs. 21, Cameron Jordan, Saints. 20, Jamal Adams, Jets. 19, Travis Kelsey, Chiefs. 18, Khalil Mack, Bears. 17, Bobby Wagner, Seattle Seahawks. 16, Chris Jones, Chiefs. 15, Fletcher Cox, Eagles. 14, Richard Sherman, 49ers. 13, J.J. Watt, Texans. 12, Stephon Gilmore, Patriots. 11, Drew Brees, Saints. 10, Christian McCaffrey, Panthers. 9, DeAndre Hopkins, Cardinals. Number 8, Lamar Jackson, Ravens. Number 7, Russell Wilson, Seahawks. Number 6, Michael Thomas, Saints. Number 5, George Kittle, 49ers. Number 4, Quentin Nelson, Colts. Number 3, Julio Jones, Falcons. Number 2, Patrick Mahomes, Chiefs. And number 1, Aaron Donald, Rams. So before I get into this Saquon Barkley argument, I don't understand a couple things here. So they probably rank it based on player grades, analytics, or just favorites. Now, there's something else I want to get into, but I'm also going to get it into on the Tuesday's pre-recording, and I'll explain that in a little bit. But Brandon Graham had nine sacks last year. Daniel Hunter, I think, had like, like 15 or something. Daniel Hunter has a better PFF grade than Brandon Graham does, but Brandon Graham is 49th. How do you explain that? Like, I know everything. Oh, you can't just base it off the player grades. Oh, you just watch the film as well. But why do you have Brandon Graham 49th, but Daniel Hunter has a better PFF grade than him? So that really doesn't make any sense. And when I have more time and effort, I'm going to look over all these players and see if they're 
PFF grades line up? Because I know there are probably some people on this list. Maybe let's just say Jerwin James has a higher PFF grade than let's say TJ Watt. Now that probably isn't true, but let's just say that happens. Then you're making a total fool of yourself, PFF, if you're actually doing that not based on grades. So what is it based on exactly? So I don't necessarily know if you're relying mostly on PFF grades, if you're relying on analytics, if you're relying on this, and if you're relying on that. Another thing, why is Tyron Smith not up here? I mean, he's one of the best left tackles in the game and got one of the best PFF grades last year. So did Leo Collins. They're not up here. I mean, Ryan Ramchek, Mitchell Schwartz up here. God damn, I hate the Cowboys, but like, don't diss them this hard. And let's go right to the Saquon Barkley argument. So Saquon Barkley had 1,006 rushing yards last year, if I'm getting that correct. If I'm not, I'm pretty close to it. And they put Nick Chubb 27th on their list. Screw PFF grades and screw analytics for a second. Even Vincent Rapisardi, who I had on one of my podcasts, disagreed with this. And he's a big analytics guy. He used to work in player development for the Detroit Tigers. So he got an intro to analytics even in baseball there. But technically, the analytics are still used to a proper point there. I'm not saying Nick Chubb is a bad running back. I'm not saying he's an overrated running back. PFF, yeah, they overrate him here. Let's be honest. Because look... Just at the roster and the general common sense of it. Now, all the people can clown, oh, Giants fans, oh, they don't understand. Oh, Nick Chubb's better than Saquon Barkley. He had a better year than last year. Okay, you can try to make that argument. But when Nick Chubb is not even the best running back on his team, Kareem Hunt is the best running back on the Browns right now. Screw the fact that maybe Chubb had more opportunities in a better season. Kareem Hunt, 2017 and 2018. Are we going to forget about those years because he had the domestic violence or he was kicking a woman? Stats don't matter on the field. You could say that for Kaepernick. You could say that for anyone else. Their stats still matter on the field even if you are a criminal. OJ Simpson. However you want to make that case. But right now, Kareem Hunt is on an NFL roster. He happens just to be on the same roster as Nick Chubb. And he's the better running back. Maybe they base it by season, but... I don't get how Saquon Barkley is not on this list because you take a look last year. Also, this goes to film and maybe analytics if you want to consider that, but mostly film and game sensitivity, right? Saquon Barkley was out for four weeks. He did not get the crazy yards that he did last year when he came back. Against the Jets, one rushing yard. Barely any rushing yards against the Cardinals, still afforded to get a touchdown. He still got to 1,000 yards last year, and he was not 100% healthy. Everybody knew that. Everybody knew, oh, possibly the Giants brought him back early. No, he was not 100% healthy. He still got to 1,000 rushing yards. He still did that. Maybe his scrimmage yards weren't like the year before, but he he was semi-injured, and he still got to 1,000 rushing yards. So this is why a lot of people don't listen to PFF, because as Vincent said it, they were, when they came up, and when Chris Collinsworth first made them and first really was the founder of them they're like okay let's focus on the analytics of the game and develop year by year now pff is about okay let's make crazy lists and say crazy things i warn people technically not about this list but about that oh nick chubb is better than saquon barkley because i tweeted something and a lot of giants fans were pissed off that pff did this especially sam munson because everybody tries to 
kiss his behind about this. And I know he's been on Cowherd a lot because, oh, Sam Munson and PFF, oh, we could trust them for analytics. No, it's all about the takes and the craziness just to get more followers and clout and just to get more clowns on the internet. But let's go back to that because I tweeted something and I said, I was basically sarcastic and I said, oh, you guys think Chubb is better than Barkley? And I was basically sarcastic about it. I pulled the tweet in a little bit. But also one thing that I just looked up also when I was trying to look up is Munson's originals tweet. How is Derrick Henry not on here? He was more of a game changer than Nick Chubb was in his situation. You take a look. Bad offensive line. Horrible offensive line that could only run block. I mean, Tannehill did have some success, but Henry carried the offense. With Baker's offense and Nick Chubb, you had OBJ. You had Jarvis Landry. You had a terrible offensive line for both, but the Titans were the worst offensive line. Or one of the worst. Much worse than the Cleveland Browns. And PFF probably put the Titans below the Cleveland Browns when it came to offensive line rankings coming out of 2019 going into 2020. So you're really contradicting yourself here if you don't really use common sense. Because everybody says, oh, Derrick Henry, oh, he carries Ryan Tannehill in that offense. Okay, you could say that. Why isn't he on this list then? Nick Chubb doesn't carry the offense. Last time I checked, in the backfield, you had Kareem Hunt, you had Nick Chubb, you also have two star wide receivers in Jarvis and Odell Beckham Jr., and you got a quarterback at Baker Mayfield. I mean, you had Joel Batonio inside at guard, and your offensive line wasn't perfect. Still much better than the Titans, and Derrick Henry found a way to get over 1,000 yards and almost lift them to the Super Bowl. So again, contradictory by PFF here. And they didn't think to their common sense. They didn't think of ways around just hyping the Browns again. And they're probably going to overhype the Browns this year. If the Browns don't do good, they'll be on the side, in the winning side, that says, okay, we didn't predict the Browns to do good this year, and we'll tell you why. So they're going to be contradictory of their statement. And that's just how people don't like PFF. And I don't like PFF for that reason, because they always try to stick to the narrative side and then always walk back their statements five months later. So... That's my take on the PFF Top 50 players coming into 2020. Thank you guys for listening to this. Remember, our podcasts are available on Podbean, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Follow our social media pages at Bleeding Me Blue Podcast, most primarily Twitter and Instagram. I will be postponing my Madden stream because I'm recording two episodes tonight, which is the 18th. I will be recording for Tuesday because I will be away Tuesday, so I'll be recording then, and I won't really have time for the Madden stream. I'll do that Wednesday, though, and I'll probably either do the other Madden stream for the simulation on Thursday, or I'll just do two in one day. I'll probably tell you on the Tuesday podcast. Thank you guys for sticking in. Over a 1,000 total views on YouTube, 33 subscribers. We just keep growing. Thanks to you guys, and have a good night.